0: Welcome to the e commerce society podcast, where you can learn how to start, grow, scale, or launch your dream e commerce and product based business all without ever relying on ads or social media. Each week, you will hear step by step, tangible, and fluff free strategies to help you skyrocket your sales and traffic, gain more visibility for your business, and create those mega loyal customer super fans, which you totally need. Hi, I'm Carrie Fitzgerald, your cheerleader and hype girl went from corporate marketing in the education space to building, scaling, and selling my own product-based business. And today my work and mission is to help founders just like you create and scale the world's most magnetic brands and turn them into fucking empires. So whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab a coffee or grab a champagne and let's dive into it. Welcome to this week's episode of the E-Commerce Society podcast. We have a fun episode today where we have Maddie McNabb, who is the owner and founder of Maddie About Cake, which is a macaron micro bakery. So she makes beautiful French macarons and she shares her story of starting her business during the pandemic and what inspired her to start a company, basically making one of the hardest Types of desserts. So it's a great episode. We are diving into all the things, and she also shares a lot of things that she's done in her business that have worked really, really well for her and gotten her great results. And she also shares her biggest dream of having her macarons featured on Taylor Swift's birthday. So I love it so much. Uh, Such a great episode. So be sure to grab a coffee. And to be honest, in this episode, because we are talking about someone who makes these fancy French cookies or desserts, I'm not sure if it's exactly a cookie, then you really should be whipping out the champagne for this one. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the podcast. Matthew, I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited
1: to be here. I think I told you this in my pitch, but your podcast is one of my regular baking companions. So I'm a big fan. Aww.
0: Thank you. That's so awesome. I love that. I love when people... I like when people tell me what they're doing when they listen to the podcast. I think that's awesome because everyone does different activities. Like I do dog walking and I listen to podcasts, but I think that's great that this is in your ears when you're, when you're baking. So I love that. So before we dive into a bit of your story and all the good things, tell everyone, just, you know, introduce yourself and tell everyone what your business is.
1: So my business is Maddie about cake and I run a micro bakery. I am based in Louisville, Kentucky Uh, but I do ship nationwide. I specialize in French macarons. So if you are a macaron fiend, you've maybe been to Paris once or twice and really miss eating them on the Champs Elysees, uh, you can buy some authentic French macarons from me
0: and get them shipped wherever you are. I love that. Okay, I have lots of questions. And I also want to ask everyone listening here, like, did you? Because the first thing I asked her when she popped on was like, "Am I pronouncing this?" I forget what I asked you, but something about the pronunciation. I was like, "Is it macaron or macaroon?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Probably not. Um, and I and I was pronouncing it wrong. So the correct spelling, I'm sorry, the correct pronunciation is macaron for yes. anyone listening. And this is not the coconut. What was it again? A coconut cookie? Yeah, so they're year? like
1: coconut drop cookies.
0: Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, okay. So what? Tell what were you doing before? So you have you have a shop. You sell macarons. We'll talk about how cute they are because they're ridiculously fucking cute. But what? Why macarons? What's the story? What made you want to start that?
1: Yeah. So I guess that takes me back to college. So I was a French major in college and studied abroad in France twice while I was an undergrad. Thought that I wanted to do international studies and had an internship that taught me that that wasn't what I wanted to do. So pivot to I Pursued a career in higher education, which we've connected over. You also worked in higher ed mm-hmm. before becoming an entrepreneur, and I, I did a yeah. couple things within higher ed, admissions, career counseling, and that's what I was doing during the pandemic. Was working in the career center at University of Louisville, and mm-hmm.
0: I started baking
1: as a pandemic hobby and uh, I just that. fell in love with the process. I realized that I just really loved working with my hands. I did not love sitting at a computer or in an office all day. And I worked on the business part-time for about a year and a half before I decided to take it full-time. And here we are. I've been full-time since... October of 2022. So, yeah, over a full year.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. And that is, yeah, we definitely have the connection too, because I also, um, I mean, not that it's the same thing, but I also studied abroad in London when I was in college and it like changed my entire life forever. Um, That's really when I developed the travel bug and Kind of have never been the same since. <laughs> so, One, good um, but yeah, I did work in education as well, so that's funny.
1: Um, Oops, sorry. My, There's like a joke laugh. that I'm kind of using my bachelor's degree <laughs> um, because <laughs> uh, I make macarons, and also, I mean, I had my first macaron in Paris, so I oh. may I may never have interacted with them
0: otherwise. I love that. And what, like, okay, so you worked in higher education, totally different lifestyle, which is also I did as well. I worked at um, University of Massachusetts in Boston and basically traveled around the world recruiting international students and marketing, studying abroad in the US. So it's very different than having an online store and making physical products. So walk me through, so you pandemic hit, you're maybe bored of your job or whatever, what what kind of made you start to like bake? I mean, I think you said out of boredom, but did you kind of think back at your study abroad trip and say, oh, I love I loved those cookies I had in Paris. Maybe I'll try to make those. Because that, again, I have, I don't know anything about macarons. They Honestly, I think having them at UPP where we met in Nashville last year was probably one of the first times I've had them. I think I've had them before. Um, but that seems like... This is not like a little chocolate chip cookie okay this is this looks fancy and it looks complicated that doesn't seem like the easiest thing to start baking what made you choose that versus like a boring cookie like a chocolate chip cookie or something um
1: it may not be the most exciting story but i kind of fell into it so i mean like a lot of us i feel i was really looking for something to do during the pandemic and mm-hmm. I think my husband and I were watching one of the, those cooking shows and the challenge was cheesecake. And he was like, man, oh, I can really go for a cheesecake. And I was like, well, <laughs> I could make a cheesecake. So that was the first thing I made. And I took it to my in-law's house and everyone was mm-hmm. raving about it. And I, that made me feel really good. Like I loved... I don't know, like having that effect on people and like sharing that joy with others. Um, But flash forward, I started making cakes for friends and family. You know, we were all in lockdown at this point and they could come pick it up at my apartment or I would deliver it to their apartment with no contact. So it was a way to stay connected with people. And then- Um, I challenged myself to make macarons and <laughs> the first batch was terrible. Um, they <laughs> did not look right. Uh, if you've ever seen photos of failed macarons, they kind of had like explosions. They can explode up and uh, look kind uh, of like oh, volcanoes. No. So that's what they looked like. And it took I mean a a handful of batches before I felt like I really was starting to get the hang of it. Like it, it does, I believe anyone can do it, but Mm -hmm. it does take a lot of practice. So. (laughs) And then um, I, I continued with them on, I continued on with the macarons because I discovered that it was a niche that needed to be filled in my area. There weren't really a bunch of people offering macarons at the
0: time. Okay. So you saw an opportunity. And so when did it... So you're making them in your spare time. You know, everyone's home. And, you know, it's, I feel like I've blocked that part of my life out of my memory. It, it doesn't it seem like it was forever ago. And it was literally just a couple of years ago. What made you... So walk us through when did it become something fun, what was that one moment where you were si- where you said to yourself, maybe this could be a business. Walk us through what that moment was.
1: Yeah, I think I got to the point where um, my husband and I were tired of eating all these baked goods. And um, so <laughs> things were starting to open back up um, in Louisville around, it was like the fall of 2021. So I signed up for my first pop-up event. Like, hey, you know, I could sell these to other people. And again, like, I really enjoyed sharing the joy of dessert with other people. And so that's really where I kind of started to fall in love with it was the interaction that I would get with people at pop-ups.
0: Okay. And then, so you started, so when did you officially start the business? I think you said it was, what year was it? April, 2020? Or that was when you quit your job. When did you officially start the business? What so year?
1: Officially it was 2021. Uh, I think like February, 2021. Okay. But mm-hmm. at that point, I mean, I was selling like a hand, you know, like a handful of items a month it was really just like mm-hmm. oh my like people who knew me were reaching out but i'd say okay. it really started taking off when there's an indoor market in louisville that's very similar mm-hmm. to um like you you said you used to live in orange county la uh it's real it's very similar to like mm-hmm. the farmers market space in la where there's different restaurants okay. like and vendors and they would have pop-ups on the weekend. So I started popping up there every weekend and okay. reaching customers that I wasn't able to reach before. You know, finally people who didn't already know me were buying from me. Mm-hmm. And that's
0: really when it started to take off. Okay. So what were the early days? Like, cause I know a lot of people when they're starting a business, it's kind of like, you don't know what the hell to do. Like, do I form an LLC? Do I sell an Etsy? Do I, what business license do I get? You kind of don't know all the things that you need to be doing. What were, what were some of those first things that you did when you decided this is going to be an actual business? Cause you, you, it seemed like you weren't really possibly ever thinking about starting a business before. Maybe you were, but I think a lot of us, when we start a business, it kind of just comes out of nowhere, which is kind of cool. And that's how it happened for me too. It literally popped into my head one day. I had never thought of it before. And then a week later, I'm like sitting in a Starbucks, working on a logo, like all the things. So what were some of those first things that you did when you wanted it to become an actual business?
1: So I'd say, yeah, first things first, it's not always the most fun part of running a business, but you have to make it official so um, lucky for me i have an in-house lawyer so my husband's a lawyer so he helps me kind of research what the restrictions and everything were in kentucky Uh so at first i started baking under the cottage food law which most states do have and that allows you to produce products at home and sell them and we started with okay. that and then he also helped me. I at first I was just operating as a sole proprietorship, you know it it was just my part time job. It wasn't anything too serious yet. Um, since then I yeah. am registered as a an LLC and he helped me mm-hmm. that as well. Um, and then right. I, especially say sales tax trips a lot of people up that's what i feel like a mm-hmm. lot of my friends who own small businesses have questions about so for me and i can only speak to kentucky technically what i sell as a pre-packaged food item is considered a grocery item mm-hmm. and it is tax exempt so um, uh-huh. but any of nice. like we were talking before about my merch i have to charge sales tax on that. So I know that trips a lot of people up, but that's what was really helpful about having an in-house lawyer was that my husband literally looked up our sales tax um, like statutes and found that I qualified to be tax exempt, at least when I'm selling like prepackaged food items.
0: Gotcha. That's cool. Yeah. Taxes are... Not
1: the funnest part of having a business no but um it's, it's important because i also know a lot of other small businesses mm-hmm. who dug themselves a hole by not
0: mm-hmm. doing
1: the sales tax stuff so the oh, to yeah. get so oh, no. first things first is you do kind of have to get those systems set up and
0: um get registered mm-hmm. and then okay so you
1: started the business you're
0: doing pop-ups when did you when did you start your website and, and kind of all that stuff? Like what were the what were some of those first marketing and visibility not visibility, but kind of like your marketing things, your website, all that? Um, did you do it yourself? I know that your current website is pure perfection. Um, I know that I literally have reached out to you to tell you that your website is absolutely beautiful. And I think I asked who the designer was. But did you did she do that from for you from the beginning? Did you start off with like a shitty website on Shopify that was like a no offense, people like a DIY scrappy you know f- using the Dawn or debut theme on Shopify, which is the free theme, which I don't like, but um, you know it's okay. People start you know you're gonna start somewhere, and sometimes that is the free things. But walk us through what that stuff looked like for you because I think website. You know, getting product photos. That's the kind of stuff that people get really tripped up over when they're starting a business and they don't really know how much to invest. Do I invest in the visual branding, the logos? Because, I mean, designers can charge thousands for that kind of stuff, plus thousands for a website and thousands for product photos. Like, what do you choose (laughs) when you're first starting? Like, where do you invest? So, tell everyone just what you were spending money on during those days.
1: I started, I'm, not very fancy. I'm sorry to say, Carrie. <laughs> I, literally, not even shopping. No, I had no. a square website, <laughs> um, but as, that I designed myself. It was nothing fancy, but at the time yeah. I was getting most of my visibility and sales through doing the in-person pop-ups. So I wasn't, yes. online orders were not my main target, but mm-hmm we attended ultimate product party together last May. And that was really like the kick in the ass I needed to be like, okay, I came home. I came back with a list of line items. Like this is what I really need to invest in first. This is my second priority. Uh, This is my third priority. And my first priority was a Shopify website. So um, oh, it, wow. I, that's awesome. I switched to Shopify and I did hire someone to build my website. I could not have mm-hmm. done it without her. It looks so good. And, and she did such a good job.
0: So good. But that's
1: what mm-hmm. I attended So many sessions at the conference that really prompted me to be like, I, I want to grow more in the like direct to consumer online space. Like how, how do I do that? And First is that I need a better website to reach more people and to make the browsing and checkout experience just so much better.
0: Oh, good! I'm so happy to hear that. And I and I feel bad. I'm not ever trying to make people feel bad if they start off with like a square website. Or, I know a lot of people listening are probably using, you know, GoDaddy and things like that. I I'm really not here to be a hater. I am kind of a website. Snob, I will admit that. Okay, I will admit that, but it's only because if you have an online store and you want to sell direct to consumer and you want to make it easy on yourself, Shopify is the way to go. And um, I think with so many of the themes they offer and like amazing apps, it's just a no brainer. So when someone's like, I use Wix or I use WordPress. Oh, I'm like, why, yeah. why? I know some like really big brands use WordPress, but they can also afford the best mm-hmm. developers mm-hmm. in the world to do everything for them. So that's kind of the exception here. But anyway, I'm not trying to be a hater on DIY websites. We start somewhere. And honestly, my first website for my first business, I made a really big mistake where I thought, oh, I need to find a developer and do a custom website, which is a huge mistake. I spent like $1,500 And he had done like a little teeny piece of the homepage. And I remember he emailed me one day and he was like, Yeah, I'm testing out different colors and shapes or whatever. And I was like, Fired. I'm just going to do it
1: myself.
0: (laughs) $1,500 down the drain for nothing. And then I had to like do the whole website myself. And, you know, my first website was okay, not great. You know what I mean? But I like had to figure out how to do it. And I think when you start a business, you have to be scrappy and you have to, some things you pay for, some things you don't. But I think starting scrappy, making money, figuring out your ideal customer, and then investing in a website from someone who knows what they're doing. Like you did the right thing. So I'm not trying to make you. No, and, right and I think it,
1: it really just does depend like, okay, what are your goals? Because I I was sitting yeah, at exactly. UPP in all these sessions, like, okay, this is what mm-hmm. I need to do to see the growth that I want. And the first step first is that I need a better website because I'm not pitching to media or anything like that until I have a good
0: looking website. So that was my I first love step. It. I love <laughs> it. I'm so proud of you. That's That makes me happy because if you are focusing on direct to consumer, and this is kind of one of the things I really talk about all the time with people is your website has to be good. It's not acceptable to have a shitty website because customers will just choose the next person. You know, like it has to be easy to buy from. It has to look good, especially if you're kind of like a higher end brand. I mean, then you really have to have a good website. So your website is amazing. Who is the designer?
1: So it is Madison Fields. Her Instagram is Design. She Mm -hmm. does my website through Shopify. She
0: takes all Mm -hmm. my product
1: photos. She did my branding. Um, She was also at UPP, so you may have met her, but she
0: does awesome work. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Shout out to her. She's amazing. Okay, cool. So UPP, you you got to meet some good people. You got some good action steps. You walked away. I love that you like walked away with a list of things because I think it – attending in-person events, I think can be really overwhelming, especially if you're there to learn and, you know, figure out things in your business that you need to work on. I think you walk away with like a million things, then you don't really know which one is the thing to focus on. But I think it seems like you got some good clarity. Um, So with your business now, what, what do you feel like? I feel like I'm like interviewing you in like a job. Talk about your greatest win but yeah, I, I want to hear, like, what's the coolest thing that's happened to you? I know one time on Instagram you posted about your cookies. I think you thought, like, a celebrity had bought them or something. Um, tell us about, like, the coolest moment that you've had in your business. Maybe, like, someone famous bought it or you got a, you got featured somewhere fun. I mean, it could be anything. Um,
1: well, it's so funny you ask that because both of the things I'm going to say happened, like, today. Uh, <laughs> So, do you know who Jonathan Van Ness (laughs) is?
0: Uh, That name sounds so so familiar. They're a
1: celebrity, and they're part of the Queer Eye cast. And I'm a huge fan, they also have a podcast. So, they're performing in Louisville tonight. And I... I reached out to the venue knowing that venues oftentimes build care packages for performers and they're always looking to feature local businesses. So I reached out, gave them my pitch, like this is why I think my product would be a good representation of Louisville and they were enthusiastic about it. So Jonathan Van Ness, I mean, supposedly is going to eat my macarons this evening, Uh,
0: (laughs) Wow, oh, that's amazing! I love that.
1: <laughs> and then I love that. Yeah, you may have seen everyone I've talked to who didn't know who he was knew who he was after I said this. So they post um, di- like weekly after affirmation videos on Instagram and TikTok, and it starts out with okay. the, "You're a hot slut who." and then it follows. <laughs> follows. So the macarons, I printed on one side of the cookie, you're a hot slut. And then oh, on the other side, all 12 of them have different affirmations. Oh so, my God.
0: You are a genius. I love that. Oh my God. I'm obsessed. I mean, I'm,
1: I'm just really hoping that they enjoy them.
0: Um, I mean, you're so smart. You could have just did like a boring, like, no, okay, your logo is not boring, but you could have just done like your logo, but you made it fun and you thought about who they're going to be for and what they would like or resonate with. So I think that was so smart. You. Love it. Okay, what was uh, the other thing?
1: Uh, so I just got my first national feature. <laughs> in a news source so it just went up yesterday but i was featured in one of real simple's valentine's day gift guides so what uh, oh my god and you know i'm sitting there like i'm on the same list as milk bar and magnolia bakery and
0: it's oh my god that is amazing holy shit this is a big day for you. Like you better be celebrating these wins tonight. Okay. Like this is a big day. Getting I'm going to
1: see Jonathan Van Ness. I'm going to the show. <laughs> oh
0: my God. That's so awesome. I love that. Isn't it funny when just certain things just happen all at once? And I, I always think it's like the universe is this is my own weird thing. Cause I, I really work hard to celebrate wins. Cause for my first business, I didn't celebrate anything. No matter what cool thing happened in life or in my business, I did not, I was always like, oh, well, I should have done this or like, oh, I got featured in Buzzfeed for the first time, but I should have been featured or like, it just, I never was happy. And so I make a huge effort to celebrate everything now, even when it doesn't feel like a huge thing. Um, But yeah, I hope you are really just celebrating that because that's, it's important, you know, but I think it's like the universe's way of reminding you, you're doing a good job, keep going. Because after the good things happen, you deal with a bunch of shit that's going to happen. Like orders get lost, your cookies get, you delivered it somewhere and then the box gets stolen. And I don't know, like Susan from down the street copies you, like stupid stuff happens. So you have to like, you have to get those reminders from the universe that do a good, you're doing a good job. Keep freaking going. So I love that.
1: Yeah, that's, that's such a good mentality because especially as an entrepreneur, it's so easy to gloss over those wins because
0: you Mm -hmm. are
1: constantly thinking about okay well what's the next thing like what do I have to do next there's always so many things going on and so many things need to be doing so that's
0: such a good point yeah I love that well I'm excited to see your store Instagram stories I'm sure that you'll post on the the show so I'm I'm so happy for you that's amazing and to be featured on real simple I mean
1: amazing amazing so I love that again we kind of talked about you know the topic of this episode being perseverance and through mastering the world's toughest cookie and you know I think this was the fourth time I pitched this same reporter you know like They were always, Mm -hmm. they posted and help a reporter out, always looking for things. And I think this was the fourth time I pitched this person. And I think it is, honestly, it's timing. Like you just have to be like lucky enough that they are seeing your email while they're looking at their inbox. Like, I think that that is literally, that's literally it. That's what I've concluded (laughs)
0: Um, yeah and I don't a but story. also just like willing to keep, keep yeah. emailing them keep going you know you can't just because you send someone something one time and and then they don't respond to you oh i'm a failure they didn't respond to me like, who fucking cares email them again and again and again and that's what you did <laughs>
1: so- well, yeah like don't you know don't be annoying but it's like hey okay we th- were looking for <laughs> holiday yeah. gifts maybe they didn't think my product was the best fit for that list but This is a totally different holiday. This is a totally different story. So
0: Yeah. I love that. Talk about what are like what's a huge mistake that you've made in your business? I mean, anyone who has a business has made a million mistakes. And I think we often don't always talk about the mistakes we make. And then when other people are looking at our business and they think, oh wow, like her business is doing so much better than mine, like I'm a loser. But in fact, you probably made way more mistakes then you're just sharing, you know, cause we oftentimes don't really share mistakes, but what's a big business mistake that you've made that maybe was like a money mistake mm-hmm. that cost you a lot of money or anything really. Yeah.
1: Um, well, I mean, first off, I feel like I have to take this back to macarons themselves being so finicky. Like I, I still have failed batches all the time. You know, they don't come out perfect every time. And the- It's a good lesson in perseverance, but I'd say one of my biggest mistakes or failures is when I was first looking to go full time, I really wanted to get into wholesale. My, I had such a one track mind, like, okay, if I get into wholesale, like that'll be it. Like, you know, I don't have to like pop up on the weekends anymore or anything like that. And, I I did, I landed what at the time I would have considered my dream account. It was a local grocery store in Louisville with four locations, which, you know, as a one person business, that was about all I could handle. And I landed that account and I didn't really have a plan, you know, once I landed the account to get my product off their shelves and they we're not storing them properly, so the best way I would store macarons is in the freezer. You know, just like anything you freeze, it's, it's going to keep them at the texture uh, they're at when you get them, and so it just it's just going to keep them long way longer. And the grocery stores were storing them at room temperature, and so they were just getting so soft, and they were complaining uh, that they were all crushing. So I thought like, Oh, I've, I've made it like, this is like, this, this was my goal. Like I I've made it now. And I had such a one track mind on that. And the account only lasted about a month before they came to me and were like, you know, look, we're not going to order from you anymore. It's just not working out. And I mean, I was devastated because to me, that was that, that was it. Like, oh, I'm I'm running a successful business. And I had to yeah. kind of figure out if you I mean I, I just quit my job. Where do I go from here? So I started doing a lot more pop-up events and that whole first year of me doing my business uh-huh. full time. I just looked at this. I did 70 pop-up <laughs> events last year. And Seventy, seventy, and I don't oh recommend. I was so overwhelmed and so stressed out, working all the time, and until finally, my husband kind of had a come to Jesus moment with me and was like, "Look, we can't <laughs> keep going like this." So, um, so I mean, that goes back to how I was talking about, like, okay, if I want. To see the growth that and get to where i want to be i I need to make some of these bigger investments and the first of which was i mean i need a better website so people who you know find me online have never made the connection with me in person at a pop-up feel comfortable buying from me and so yeah now i'm of focusing more on the direct-to-consumer through online sales working a lot on pr and pitching to people to build that credibility and connection Uh, because it it is so much harder to build a connection with people you're meeting online as opposed to Mm -hmm. people you meet in person
0: yeah absolutely and what Uh, was that
1: answer your question in like a
0: million words. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. Um, Let's talk about some of the marketing stuff that you're doing. So you, and I honestly, I cannot believe you did 70 (laughs) events. That's crazy. But I I just feel like I want to keep like, there's so many positive things that I'm hearing from you because one of the things that I, I see a lot and, you know, I have a lot of like online programs and, um, you know, mentoring programs and things like that. And, you know, one of the things that is pretty consistent across the board with with a lot of people is this feeling that things are just easy. Like, oh, well, Susan from YouTube said that I would make $10,000 a month from this digital product or this one thing and, you know, that's or drop shipping or something. And that's not happening to me. Uh, or someone tries something one time. I did one event and it didn't work, or I did one event and I didn't make sales, or I didn't I sent one email to my list and I didn't make any money. Email marketing doesn't work. Like I think people have this mentality that things should just work right away. And I sometimes do the same thing. I'm gonna not gonna lie. I yeah. sometimes think, especially with technology, oh, oh the software should just be easy. I need to I don't know how to figure it out. But anyway, I think one thing I'm kind of hearing from you over and over again is that you really just you really give it your all and just keep trying with something and not try something once. And if it doesn't work, you kind of just give up. So I just want to acknowledge that. Cause I think I don't always see that in a lot of people and I think it's amazing. So I just want to say great job. Um, you know, gonna, and pop, so many pop-ups yeah, is crazy, and, but that's
1: and that's okay. where, like, sometimes giving up is okay. <laughs> I, I do want to kind of pivot away yeah. from doing so many pop-ups. And so, you know, all of last year when I was doing all of those events, I kept a spreadsheet and tracked like, okay, this event, probably not worth doing again, this event, definitely. So, I mean, as of right now, Mm -hmm. I have like less than half of that, that that same number of events. And um, I'm really focusing on the, you know, trying to get the online orders. So, okay, well, where do I compensate for I'm not going to be getting those in-person orders anymore so where do I prioritize my time and effort now and my number one mm-hmm. which you're gonna love is email marketing so email yeah. marketing by far of any other like digital marketing tool has the biggest conversion rate for me and i I used all of your tips to set up all of my automations. So, you know, this whole year for me is work smarter, not harder. So my welcome sequence, my abandoned cart sequence, those are all working for me without me having to constantly
0: look at them. So I love that not a lot makes me happier than to hear that which makes me a nerd but i love that it's so smart and it's really so true there are so many things that you can i think email marketing is the truest form of like i'll use air quotes passive income because nothing is passive in in an e-commerce business i hate when i hear people say "Oh, started 10 passive businesses e-commerce i'm like who the fuck what e-commerce business is passive none like there is none but there are certain things you can set up in your business that you can make money passively and email marketing is 100 percent one of those so i'm so happy that you're doing that and and that you're seeing value i think that's always helpful as well when you actually do <laughs> especially like when you so. have a
1: business like right now i i it's just me so i'm hand making every macaron you receive i'm packaging every order you receive. Mm-hmm. So I don't have time to be sitting at my computer constantly. So, you know, when you can have those automated systems in place, it's just so much better. And I'd say another uh, two other platforms or I guess things I've had a lot of luck with are, well, I mean, marketing and PR, which does take, you know, some time and dedication. You're going to get no's more often than no's. You're going to get ghosted. But when you look at yes, yeah. I mean, that uh, that content's going to live on the internet forever and help your SEO. Um, so yeah. like that feature I have in Real Simple, I mean, it's going to come up hopefully all the time when people are looking for Valentine's Day gifts. Um, that's going to live forever. And then I've had, been having some luck with Pinterest. And that's the same, like you kind mm-hmm, of set yeah. it and forget it. Like you can schedule a bunch of pins and they live on forever it's not as much about engagement like instagram or
0: tiktok yeah yeah oh that's so great i love pinterest as well and i like pinterest because it's kind of it's kind of like if instagram and google like had a child or whatever it's really the perfect combination but pinterest is much more of a Visual search engine. And so it really does help your stuff just live on. And anything that you can do that replicates search engine behaviors, people search for something and then an image or video shows up. Like that's really where you want to spend time because it works for you, not you having to post stuff on social media constantly. So I'm glad that that's working for you. That's amazing. And I'm not surprised because your stuff is super fun and like you have a really fun brand. And when you have those fun photos and you know, I don't know, Pinterest can work really well. So I'm happy to hear that. Um, I'm just curious, what, what are some things, like, how do you spend your day? Because I think with a handmade business, that can be, uh, you know, I don't want to use the word challenging, but time can be challenging, because you have to, you actually have to make your product, you're not manufacturing it. And I would assume that macarons are labor intensive, so talk about just some of the process of making the product. How do you balance that with the marketing and fulfillment? Do you have help? Uh, do you have like a commercial kitchen? Or are you still doing stuff in your house? Anything you want yeah, to share?
1: Yeah, So I, do, I rent a commercial kitchen. It's a shared kitchen space. So I don't have like a proper storefront, but I do produce everything in a commercial kitchen. And that has allowed me to increase production without taking uh-huh. time. Uh, so I spend it just depends on the week. honestly every week is different because like January for instance, has been really slow. So I think I baked mm-hmm. one day this week. Um, but a typical week I am kind of I go to the kitchen first thing in the morning and bake. And usually I'm finished around like 3 or 4 p.m. And I spend the rest of the day getting done whatever I can. Uh, checking email and all of that stuff. So, you know, it there are times it, it doesn't all get done. I don't get finished everything that I would like to. I don't get all the pitches I would like to send or all the posts done that I would like. But um, I've also really been trying
0: to be better about cutting it off without have to have a cutoff time. And
1: mm-hmm. that's just what
0: it is. Do you do one day of baking for the week of orders or do you have to show up in the bake in the kitchen every day to bake stuff? And then how many macarons per day are you making? <laughs> I'm just cu- I'm like visually curious what this looks like. I can picture you from like what the you know in the movies they show things with kitchens and all that. Um but I'm curious like how many Cookies you can make in the day. Yeah,
1: so it it's kind of all separated out. So the process for making macarons, um, I mean, you have to make like the shell portion, but you also have to make the fillings and you have to fill them. So I make all of the fillings on Mondays. I typically spend Tuesday, Wednesday, mm-hmm. Thursday baking, and then I fill them either on Thursday and if I don't have time on Thursday, on Friday. Uh, so I can make as many as. I think, like, if I'm, if I'm mathing correctly, about Mm -hmm. uh, 350,
0: 360 in a Mm -hmm. day. In
1: one day. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, about a thousand Um, a week.
0: And what happens if you just start to get a ton of orders? I mean, not (laughs) just, but when, when you start... When your business like starts to double and triple, what are your, do you have plans for that? How do you plan to scale or how do you prepare to scale? So
1: I, I mean, right now, like if I had some viral TikTok and everyone wanted to place orders, (laughs) luckily I do have like a a track inventory. So, you know, I couldn't Mm -hmm. just sell a million macarons and then have to make a million macarons. Uh, Products would be marked as sold out. Um, so there would be a limit there, but I mean, honestly, I think at this point, if I wanted to scale too much more, I would need mm-hmm. to hire so, another baker. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's hard when it's entirely mm-hmm. handmade mm-hmm. And, and it's not really a product I could, yeah. you know, outsource to a manufacturer, um, mm-hmm. definitely can, be a little bit more
0: challenging. Yeah. Well, I'm sure as you grow, uh, you know, organically and at a good pace, like it's, I think we hear about those viral, oh, I went viral on TikTok and, you know, I sold hundreds or thousands and then I didn't have inventory. And I don't know, I sometimes think like those moments are really cool and they look really cool. And I think you might want to have that. But then when it actually happens to you, and you don't have the infrastructure set up, it's actually not a good thing. I mean, I ordered from companies where they did go viral. The product either didn't show up, they couldn't track it, they have no email automation set up. Like you want those things set up first, and then you have the viral moment, you know? So I think uh, just a reminder for anyone listening, you know, it's great to go viral and all that, but like have the systems and infrastructure in your business set up. So when you do have that moment, you're creating a really positive experience for people because you don't want people to order from you for the first time, and then they have a bad experience because you haven't set up things in the right way. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely.
1: So. I'm like, on one hand, a viral TikTok would be awesome, but on the other hand, you know, I'm not in a place to <laughs> handle that situation. Uh, but have you have you heard of Last Crumb? Cookies?
0: I don't know. It sounds familiar, but I don't You'll think so. You'll have to look them
1: up. Um, because alternatively, uh, I've been like, man, they have such a good business model. Because, I mean, they, it they charge $140 for a dozen cookies. And, so, the, for a dozen. yes. And so, they have kind of wow. built up this brand of exclusivity you know, like people, they, they sell out like their cookies sell out and mm-hmm. they're selling for $140 per dozen. Wow.
0: Is it macarons or is it other, like, just I mean, not, cookies?
1: I've heard they're very good, so I don't want to say just, just standard cookies, but, um, I mean, they're like classic cookies
0: last crumb okay I'm making a note of that I'm gonna talk about I'm toying between two different questions to ask you what's like if you could think of one the most amazing thing could happen to your business make, besides what's gonna to happen tonight but let's say you have a different vision in your head of you know your business has made it win what would that be
1: um, okay so are you a, are you a Swifty?
0: Oh, so, I mean, I like her. Okay. I like her. I'm not like, I'm not a Swifty, I would say, but I do like her. And to be honest, I I really respect her as a musician. I think she's so classy. So I do like her as a person, but I'm not obsessed like everyone else in the world. So I did not go to the Eras <laughs> concert and wear glitter and all that. And I have not seen the movie, and I don't think I ever would.
1: That's a shame. Uh, sorry. Well, I asked you, so every. <laughs> I think like every year for her birthday, she gets a milk bar birthday cake.
0: And oh, I saw that this year. Yeah,
1: like at the- I feel like the dream would be if my macarons were at her birthday party
0: <laughs> and a photo oh was posted on the internet. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I mean, much. she should
1: still get the milk. She can happen. get both, but. <laughs>
0: Or what if she got the milk milk bar cake and then the macaroon, macarons were in the cake or like on top I mean, of the cake? Yes, that I, I will cool.
1: collaborate with Christina tozi I mean, Christina, you have my contact info. So
0: <laughs> 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 I love it. I love it. You need to write this down on a post-it note and just have it on your laptop or in your room or in your big, ba- uh, not your bakery in the That's commercial kitchen idea. and you look at it every day and you just figure out, okay, how do I get my shit in front of Taylor okay. Swift? Well, That's it. End of And story.
1: with Jonathan Van Ness, my <laughs> macarons are one degree of separation from Taylor Swift. He
0: knows her. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, this is a, this is an epic moment. I think tonight is going to be tomorrow. You're going to be a different person with a different <laughs> business and you're going to, have one of the viral videos go all over the place and then everyone's going to want to order your macarons so i'm excited figure for you. out but,
1: how to get some kind of macaron production line going.
0: it can totally happen yeah. uh you can and then you can be like the cele- you know how they have all these brands that they're like the celebrity go-to brands and you're always you always wonder how how did that actually happen well but maybe after tonight you will be this you will be the celebrities macaron yeah. go-to. Well,
1: I, I don't know how much you know about Milk Bar, but mm-hmm. um, they really hit it off when Anderson Cooper mentioned them on air. So Oh say, I mean, mm-hmm. not too far off. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I never heard about them and then um, the girl on my team sent me milk bar cake for my birthday last year and of course i was just oh my god this is i think i did like 30 videos on instagram i was dying i'm like the packaging the aesthetic the cake and then of course i had my cake topper that i bought for myself from avalon sunshine erica loved me so much i bought her um polar bear cake topper and so i have pictures of the milk bar cake with a polar bear cake topper and it was like the prettiest most epic birthday dessert thing that I, I think I've ever had. I usually don't get myself a proper cake, but the cake and the cake topper, it was just perfection. So yeah. So nice to chat with you. Tell everyone where they can find you, where they can buy your stuff. And also mention too, who it's a good, maybe it's a good gift for someone, or it's a good for an occasion. Maybe just Planted in everyone's ears and why they should
1: yeah. buy their stuff. Uh, so, my website is maddieaboutcake.com. That is M A D B I E, about cake. That's also where I'm at on Instagram and TikTok most frequently. And right now, I do have my Valentine's Day macarons available to order, and they are available for pre order until February 8th. And um, yeah, you know, I think especially Valentine's Day, they make such good gifts because I am completely understanding that macarons are a bit more expensive of a cookie. So affordable mm-hmm. luxury, Parisian little treats, what else could be better for Valentine's Day? So get your Valentine's get your Valentine, something they really want. And personally, I think consumables make the best gifts because we all have that person in our lives who buys you random trinkets. And I'm fully appreciative that that is their love language and it brings them joy. But we all have so many things. So I personally like receiving consumables because there's nothing
0: left behind. (laughs) That's true. That's a really good point. I love that. Well, thank you so much. So nice sharing, you know, hearing about your story and, you know, some of the goals that you have. I'm, I have no doubt that the Taylor Swift dream will 100% happen and be sure to keep me posted on how tonight goes. I'm so excited for you. And, you know, again, congratulations on your Uh, the real simple feature and the event tonight. I think that's, that's an amazing, so good things are going to happen to you, but so nice to talk to you. And thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Carrie. It was so nice chatting with you as well.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie a Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much and I'll see you guys next week.